Have you uh, ever been put on hold? <laughs> I'm sure you have. But have you ever been put on hold and nobody ever picks it up? And you've been waiting and waiting and waiting. So finally, in frustration, you just hang up. Maybe you call back again, but maybe the same thing happens. Or what about this? You go to the customer service desk, or you go to check out, or you ask somebody in the store for some help, and you're just not getting the kind of service that you expect and that you demand. After all, you're a paying customer. You should be treated better than that. Have you ever had that kind of poor customer experience? Or have you had the experience that, well, you know you should ask for some help, you know you should go to this person or that person, find out what's going on, but to you it's just like going through the motions. You kind of know what the end result is going to be. You're not going to get the answer you want, you're not going to get the help you want, but you do it anyway. Kind of frustrating, isn't it? Does that happen to you when you come to Jesus with your needs? Do you ever feel like maybe you've been put on hold, not getting an answer? Or do you feel that, you know, maybe you need a little different tactic in approaching him? Maybe some nice, smooth words or, or something that you can point to to say to Jesus, you know, I've done all these things now, how about helping me out with this? Sometimes we do that, don't we? Sometimes we think that there are certain things that we need to be doing in order to get an answer from God, in order to get him on our side and give him what we need. Well, what if I were to tell you that it isn't that way at all? What if I were to tell you that every request you make is heard, you're not put on hold, your request isn't lost? What if I were to tell you it's not a matter of what words you choose. It's not that you have to point to something that you've done to get God to respond. And you might say, how can that be? It's based on the promise of God and what we simply call grace. Today we want to look at how grace is working when we need to come to Jesus. I want to take you on a trip today to a region in the Middle East called Tyre and Sidon. And there we're going to learn about grace when we need to come to Jesus. The account is recorded for us in Matthew 15. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer her a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And the woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. 
Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. How do you respond when you've been put on hold? How do you respond when you get the answer, well, we're taking a look at your request and action is pending. Or maybe you're told, well, it's under review. We have to see if it meets the qualifications and if we can do anything. Or how do you respond when you feel like you've just been denied? It gets frustrating, doesn't it? And maybe you just give up and you look for some other solution or you just forget the whole thing. But it doesn't have to be that way when we come to Jesus. When we need to come to him, we can request, Lord, hear me. And he does because he's not far away. Now, our account today started out by saying, Jesus left the vicinity where he was working, and he went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. So if you look at this map, Tyre and Sidon is up there in that right corner, right by that label, Jesus Ministry. You see it's in an area that was orange. That was not the Holy Land, so to speak. That was not the land of Israel. Jesus was working down near that Sea of Galilee off to the right. And now he goes to the area of Phoenicia, Tyre and Sidon. Now that was quite a journey. Some people say, well, Jesus needed to take a break. He needed a retreat, so to speak. You know, got tired. Maybe needed a break from all the hassles that he was getting from his enemies. Maybe needed to kind of clear his mind, get back, you know, relax. And that's all possible because, you know, Jesus was 100% human being like you and me. So he'd get tired. He'd get frustrated. He needed that time to rejuvenate. But if he really needed that, he could have done it someplace closer. He could have gone to any of those back hills in Galilee. He didn't have to travel many miles up to a totally different area to get that kind of a break. No, I don't think Jesus was on a retreat. I think he was on a mission. I think he knew about this lady and her need and that she wanted to come to him for help. You see, things don't happen by coincidence with God. They happen by providence. It was part of God's plan to come there. Now, this was a distant land, so to speak. It was far away. But the psalmist reminds us we are never far away from God. He writes, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. God is never far away from us. But some people might look at this account and say, well, maybe geographically or physically he wasn't far from this lady, 
but he was far or distant from her in other ways. Uh, for example, racially. You see, Luke points out she was a Canaanite. She was not a Jewish person. And according to the customs of those days, the Jews should not have been mingling with or even talking with the Canaanites. She came from a land that was totally heathen. Some might say, well, he's also distant from her uh, socially or culturally, because in those days, uh, the woman should not have been addressing the man, and the man was not going to talk back to her. And that's why Jesus was quiet. Some might even say, well, Jesus was also distant from her, that they were separated spiritually. You know, he's the son of God. He's the real thing. And here's this woman who's a Canaanite, who's in a heathen land. So they had nothing in common. But that's not true. Jesus was there physically, and we'll talk to this woman because those laws and such didn't pertain to him because he came as the Savior of the world. God so loved his son that he, God so loved his world, the world rather, that he sent his son into the world to save all of us. He wants all to be saved. So Jesus came for that very purpose to meet with this woman. He's not far from any of us. And because of that, he's also ready to listen. Now you might think back on this account and say, ready to listen? He wasn't ready to listen, man. He was shutting that lady out. He wasn't responding to her at all. In fact, the disciples were saying, you know, send her away. She's bothering us. But Jesus was not really ignoring her, even though he put her on hold. You know, sometimes when we get put on hold, what do we do? You know, we hang up and we'll dial again. Uh, I was in a situation for the last few months, was not getting an answer. So finally the other day, I just drove down to the, that office and talked to them face to face. And that's what Jesus was getting this woman to do, was to keep coming, to talk to him face to face. It was a lesson for her, and it was a lesson for the disciples. It's not that she needed the right words. It's not that there were certain expectations or qualifications that she had to meet. Jesus just wanted her to come so that she would know grace. And that's what she would get. Because, you see, Jesus knows our need. Jesus told us that even before we pray, the Father knows what our needs are. Jesus knew exactly what this woman's need was, and he was concerned. There were any number of reasons why he could have denied her request, but he wouldn't do that because grace does not do that. Grace does not deny. Instead, grace accepts us. And that's why we can pray to God, accept me, Lord. So you see, this woman knew she was different from Jesus. And Jesus knew that too. He knew her condition. Now just listen to that conversation again. Jesus said, you know, it's not right for me to take bread from the children and to give it to the dogs. Now that sounded like a real put down, didn't it? He's calling this woman a dog? But we have to understand that the word that Jesus was using there was not talking about some scruffy, messed up, stray dog wandering around. He was using a word that was describing the, the family pet. 
You know those cute little dogs you see on those commercials that say, please come adopt me? You know how that works, right? Yeah, we do. We have three of them. <laughs> that was the word that Jesus was using to describe this woman. You're somebody who is lovable and needs to be adopted. But yet he was saying, I came to the Jews first. You see, because he's trying to draw her in. What would her response be? What is your response? How do you feel God looks at you? And what does he think about you? Sometimes, if we don't get the answer we want, or things aren't going our way, we might think, you know, maybe God isn't thinking too highly of me. Maybe he's kind of upset with me right now. Our, our acts, our attitudes sometimes can, can bring on guilt because we do not follow what God wants us to do. And so we live with that guilt and that feeling that we're pushed away. A couple of months ago, I told you about an inmate in the uh, prison that I go to to minister and, and how I was working with him. And, and he said to me at the end of that conversation, Pastor, if there is a heaven, and I don't know if there is, I don't think God would let me in because I killed my best friend. How low is that? And I shared with him that no matter what our sin is, whether it's something that's a crime that we end up in prison or whether it's simply the attitude that we have towards somebody or how we say something, it's all wrong before God, but he forgives it all. And I told him, you are forgiven by God and God wants you in heaven. And he said, really? And so I've been sending him some Bible studies, and he's been doing, him, doing them. So yesterday I went back to the prison, and I wanted to meet with him, and some of our other members went with me, and we met with a group of prisoners. And toward the end of our visit, I shared a little devotion with them based on a passage from Romans chapter 8, which says, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I told them that even though that they are in prison and they are guilty of their crimes, I'm guilty of things too. But in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. God does not hold us guilty or responsible for our sins. Because, you see, Jesus came to change all of that. By our nature, by our pedigree, we are, we are dogs in the sense that we are full of sin, our, our desires, our actions and such, and that separates us from God. But Jesus came to change all of that. He left a faraway place, heaven, to come to this earth to be here with us, to be here for us, to, to live for us as our substitute, obeying all of the laws of God for us. And then to die on the cross, taking the punishment for the guilt of our sins. But to rise again from the dead, to show us that we too will live. And then to go back to that faraway place, to go to heaven now, to rule over everything for us in our lives, because he's not far from us. After I had finished my devotion with, with those men, I simply ended it with the phrase, there is no condemnation because of the grace we have in Jesus Christ. And that guy was sitting right next to me, and I heard him say in soft words, but he said it, it's grace in Jesus Christ.
He got it. And we have it. Grace in Jesus, who knows our condition and yet welcomes us. The woman responded to Jesus' comment about the dog. She said, yes, but even the dogs get the crumbs from the table. She knew she was one of those cute, adoptable puppies and that Jesus wanted to adopt her. Now, how did she know that? How do you know about Jesus? You know, we can look at our lives and we can recount, oh, this is how I came to know about the Lord. Maybe I was raised in a Christian house. I went to Sunday school, went to Christian school. Our parents taught us about Jesus and how to pray. So we can all fill in the details about how we came to know Jesus. But how did this woman come to know about Jesus? She's living in a heathen country. We don't know how she came to know other than this. She has one thing in common that we have. The Holy Spirit brings us to faith. The Holy Spirit brought her that word of truth like he has brought that truth to us and planted it in our hearts and given us faith. You see, God was welcoming her. God was adopting her. Jesus welcomes us. Jesus wants us. And therefore, we can go on and pray to him, Lord, help me. She knew Jesus would listen to her, and so she simply said, Lord, help me. And Jesus heard because he cares. He heard not just with his ears, but he heard with his heart. You see, Jesus knows our pains and our griefs. The scriptures tell us. He is a man who is acquainted with sorrows and with griefs like you and me. Jesus has suffered everything like you and I do. He knows what we need. He knew what pain this woman was feeling because her daughter was possessed by a devil. But there was something that was stronger. Jesus' desire to possess that daughter. And so Jesus heals that girl. It's interesting to note that Jesus only twice in the scriptures remarks about people's faith being great. One to this woman, and the other was to that Roman centurion we heard about a few minutes ago in our gospel reading. Two people who were not Jews, but came to know Jesus, and Jesus remarks of their great faith. And it's also interesting to know how Jesus blessed both of them. He brought them the help that they needed simply by speaking his word. Jesus didn't have to go there to see the person. He didn't have to examine them. He didn't have to evaluate them. Would this be good for that person? Maybe I shouldn't do it. They don't qualify. He didn't have to touch the person. He simply spoke his powerful word. And his gracious will went to work. What is your need? Come to Jesus, who welcomes you, who cares, and who will help you. Next week, in my message about grace, I'm going to tell you how God handles our problems with grace. But for today, let's just learn this lesson. That there is acceptance when we come to Jesus. And so we are encouraged to come to him with all of our needs. 
Is there something that keeps you from coming to Jesus? Is it like it is when you call up the service department and get put on hold and not get an answer? Is it that you think that the answer you're going to get isn't the one you want, it's not going to work, or you don't qualify? You know, all those things can frustrate us in working with human beings, but they don't have to frustrate or stop us in coming to Jesus. We can come to him with all confidence that we will be heard and comforted that we will be helped. The Apostle John reminds us, he says, Now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. We have the encouragement, come to Jesus. For healing, for help, for forgiveness, for guidance, for confidence, for love. Come to him because he wants you to. We call it grace. Amen.